Welcome to the Be Real, Get Real podcast from Women's Prosperity Network. Real women sharing real stories about their ups, their downs, their journey, and their transformations. Through these stories, we'll explore what it takes to have the courage to speak your truth, follow your passion, and be the change you want to see in the world. And now, let's get started with today's show. And welcome to the Be Real, Get Real podcast. I am your host, Nancy Matthews, and today I have the privilege of introducing you to Honey Hilliard, who I have known, oh my gosh, seven or eight years, I think, honey? I would say seven. I think it's at least seven, Uh, 2013, going on eight. Yeah, long time, like before you had your youngest child. Yes. (laughs) So, and anyway, it is such a a delight and an honor to have you with us today as we have a conversation about letting your light shine bright. And uh, before we dive in, I'll give you a little bit of background about Honey, and then we'll, we'll begin the conversation. So Honey Hilliard currently lives in Tallahassee, the beautiful capital of Florida, And she works out of a sunlit studio built into her home, which we're having the privilege of being inside of right now. She is a wife um, and a mother of two girls. One is in kindergarten and the other's in college. And perhaps we'll touch on that. Um, She's a (laughs) self-represented artist, a children's book author and product developer. She often turns her paintings into products such as calendars, ornaments, note cards, and prints. She shares her art, products, and patent-pending inventions in galleries, art, boutique, um, art boutiques, other venues, and online at honeyhilliardart.com. And, you know, honey, I really want to start off our conversation today about creating a business as a creative. And actually, because you also hear, you know, oh, there'll be a starving artist. You can't make money with music or art, blah. And you have full force, you know, you know, you fly in the face of all those naysayers. So how did you start on this path and know this is where your, your life purpose would be fulfilled? How did you manage all that? Well, the way I started, um, I knew, always knew that I had a call to be a creator, creative entrepreneur. Uh, and I didn't know much about business. I had gotten an art degree and I did think that becoming a freelance artist would allow me to studio, be in the studio, create all day. And it's been funny, that's not quite true. You do have to let people know somehow. So you have to learn about marketing. (laughs) You don't get to paint all day. They don't just show up in your private studio to see your art and get to know you. So you join groups like Women's Prosperity Network and find the the people who um who are the one that move you forward to the next step that helps a lot and you learn how to uh really just get out there and let your light shine and when i say that it's uh it's not about being loud or or, or talking loudly or uh screaming your messages but uh but about getting out there you can't just make the painting in in my experience and in my career my art practice you can't just make the painting. The calling doesn't stop there. Mm-hmm. For me, the, that voice says share it. And the sell it part has been really exciting too because that starving artist thing is such a 
honestly, such a crappy myth. It's not, it it's not helpful to most artists or business uh, people at all. And there's no reason to um, delve into it. I think in my early 20s, I thought, well, I was really kind of taught this, I think, in some of the art school in college, um, a lot of the art classes kind of give you this message that if you make money with your creation, then you're a sellout. Um, so I, I was battling that. Yeah, it's battling if you sell your painting, if you do anything, but just uh, I, I, it was almost really, really frowned upon to sell paintings. And I couldn't quite get it. Wait, I'm getting a college degree and I want to make paintings. I want to make a living. I want to be independent and I want freedom like everyone. But uh, so I had to figure that out uh, after college and be able to find a way to, you know, keep the soul calling going and enjoy, make selling and business part of the calling. Um, and they, the two fed each other. And as I became, as I learned how to sell and become an entrepreneur, the art got better and vice versa. They kind of go together, they go hand in hand. So I want to always like make that clear that no, there's no reason to be a starving artist. <laughs> I love that. In fact, you'll, in fact, you'll starve to death. Uh, I mean, uh, your, your creativity will. So if you're not out there sharing your art. Um, and so, yeah, the two can go hand in hand very well. And I've learned that more and more each year. So I love that you shared that the more you share your art, the more creativity opens up, the more your flow opens up. And I think this will be a nice transition to another part of our discussion today, because if you are creating something and then you share it, but then you don't feel good about it, or you feel like you might be a sellout, the, the channel of creativity is really about staying open and sharing and giving your gifts. Like you're creating art, it's not just for you, it's for other people to have an experience of it and keeping it all it absolutely is. and not offering it and letting people buy it. Let's get real. If you don't mm -hmm. tell people, if you're not marketing, whatever your, your product or service or art is, then you're denying people of the pleasure of experiencing what you've created. Right. And that's a no, no, that's a sin. That's a crime against nature. You're not supposed to um, hoard the gifts that were given to you and that flow through you. Yeah. Um, I, I believe they flow through us. I don't think my art really comes from me. I think I open up and allow it to come through when I'm at my best. Uh, and when my art is at its best, that's what's happening where I'm just being a conduit, you know, I feel the same way about the written word, you know, when I'm writing books or if I'm doing videos and doing training and teaching and supporting on marketing sales, what it's, it's through me. It's not of me. Right. And that's right. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and you teach that so much and you've been such an example and teacher and mentor of all that for me. Uh, and it's been very, very much an, cat, um, a catapulting force in my career since I met you, Nancy. <laughs> so I love that. Yeah, <laughs> and I love your word co-opetition. Yeah. I also find that when I, the more I create, the more I, I do not fear um, competition or sometimes there's a, there is a fear of, oh, they're doing it better than me. Uh, they're creating more than me. Um, but if I just pick up that paintbrush and start doing what it is I'm supposed to do, then that voice, those voices go away. <laughs> and the co competition, you know, really feeding into our competitive nature is a thief of creativity. 
Mm -hmm. There, yes, it is. It is. There's ways to compete, like with yourself, though, and and ways to have like friendly co-opetition, I guess, uh, with others. You know, but the competition, yeah, that's old, old news. That's not making us uh, prosperous or uh, prolific with our work. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's and it sneaks in. It does sometimes sneak in, but we we know that the real truth is that there's such a plethora and such an abundance. Abundance. Uh, That's where, um, you know, we are living this human existence. And especially if we look on social media, we can compare ourselves to other people on there all day long, all night long. And then we got to just get quiet enough and connect with whatever source of the universe, divine God spirit that, that calls to you and, and trust that. And, and that's mm -hmm. where, like, if, if you think about this, actually, um, you start with a blank canvas. There's nothing on it. And most of us can wake up, whatever your business is, we begin with a blank canvas. And the creative process, I don't know exactly what yours is, but how do you know what it's going to be? Do you know what it's going to be before you start painting? That's a good question. Oh, yes, I usually do. And um, I daydream a lot. And uh, it, it, there, actually, you said the blank canvas. So I have to show you that my canvases don't stay blank long. They get turned Grunbacher, uh, red, cadmium red, medium, or orange, because I can't stand a white blank canvas. It's a little scary. <laughs> so, no, and, and old, old painters, old masters did this too with that orange underpainting because it is like magic. It, first of all, gets rid of the white canvas. Second of all, uh, it, I try to let hints of that show and it provides a cohesiveness to my painting and my style uh, where a little bit of that orange warmth will peek through the, the final painting. So I have a very specific process and I now try to work in collections because I was getting bombarded with inspirations, always have really, I guess, all my life. Um, and I can't paint them and do them fast enough. And it can feel like you're failing if you don't get every inspiration down on the uh, in the book or on the canvas. Um, you, you must have this too. I do. I do. You should <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. So that was a golden nugget um, is to, to find a way to challenge them, you know, channel them so that they can come out of you and then you do them in a, in a certain, you know, space or bring them together like uh -huh. collection. Well, to control the um, fireworks and bombardment of inspiration, there's some specific things I do. I make up rules for myself and I love not having a boss, but it does mean that I have, I have plenty of bosses and, and I have the, the, the main boss, which is the creative spirit coming through me that I need to honor in the best way that I can. Mm -hmm. uh, so I make rules for myself and I'll say, okay, honey, if you're going to paint this iconic woman, then you need to paint 30 so that it's a series. And you need to do, or sometimes it can be 10. I used to try to do 30, but you know, the oceans would call and the moons. So I have a series, a collection of oceans, a collection of moons, a collection of iconic women, but at least 10 of any given collection need to need to happen if I'm gonna go off in a new direction. Mm -hmm. So that helps. And also sticking to a consistent size um, with certain collections like these iconic women and florals. These are all pops of color that are all 12 by 12 canvases, two and a half inch deep. And I use uh, acrylic and oil only 
you know, and the rules can always be broken. I might want to use some oil pastel to top it off at the edge, but yeah, to provide myself, to keep myself from going in too many directions all at once. And oh, you're I, just, I do. You're giving it form. You know, you're bringing form and substance to the original inspiration that came in. That's what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. And, but I do have to put parameters and make up, make some rules for myself to keep it from just going off into a billion directions. So, and, and, uh, and deadlines and goals and delegating is the best thing that I, if any, any entrepreneur, um, I, or, or beginning entrepreneur, I always say, please just delegate everything that does not require your brilliance and your creative brilliance. If you can delegate it, do it. Even if you think you can't, go ahead and hire the assistant, at least part-time or the babysitter or the housekeeper, just go ahead and do it and, and just uh, quicker than you might be comfortable with. But delegating's crucial awesome. to running us. Yeah. Let's, um, let's talk about um, your inventions, the creative process, pr protecting them, because there, there's actually an attorney who's a part of our community. I don't think you've met her yet. Um, Zenga Wasemi from New York, and her whole mission is working with creative entrepreneurs so that they can protect their assets, because whether it's a, a, a piece of music, an artwork, a graphic, a photo, whatever it is that you have, it is your proprietary creation, your intellectual property. Um, and not, you know, sometimes people can take your ideas, and I know you had an incident around this, so Share a little bit about that story as well as your approach to it. Okay, um, I'll keep it short because if I go into details, this would take way too long. Um, I did have it happen a few times. Um, what, it, year, many years into my art practice, I got an idea to <laughs> make a fashion product, um, a, a scarf. Mm -hmm. Here, I'll just show you real quick. Um, <laughs> a scarf that turns into sleeves and there's a few ways to do this some of them the original design is a tubular design that I had never seen before and I was absolutely sure it was a, a new idea and at first I felt silly like no honey you're you're an artist you need to you know work on more children's books and more paintings not go develop a product you don't know how to do that but the, that voice kept coming and it was a real spark and that's the spark that we have to listen to sometimes, even if it doesn't really make sense, in my opinion, you know, the, that voice, that spark. So for, uh, it, it kind of just happened the second it happened that it was, my husband was uh, sitting there um, and I, I said, hold this piece of fabric like this, here, let me go over here. And I cut it like this and it's, ah, oh, this is gonna work. So it did and I just started making a few to show and uh, people would say, oh, you got to go on Shark Tank. And I thought, oh, I guess, I to, yeah, this could be a big idea. So let's make more. Um, and uh, uh, through sharing it a little bit here and there at meetings, such as at WPN, which was the exact perfect place to share it because so much enthusiasm and support came rushing in um, and knowledge. So and at I, the WPN... Remember, let, me, let me pause for a moment because I remember you were at our big event, the Unconference, and you stood up and talked about it and Dwayne coming <laughs> and he like gave you some guidance right in that mentorship, right in that moment. And it was, he did, it was great. That was a fabulous moment. 
there was so much creative flow in that room and in that moment. I didn't expect him to hand me the mic and I was not ready, but I, I, I think I, I, I pulled it off. Everybody, there was just so much support yeah. and, and, and enthusiasm. And after, and that was like the right place to share a new idea. Um, and then later word of mouth kind of got around in some um, uh, different colleagues, uh, co colleagues, of, you say friends of friends, but colleagues of colleagues got in touch and said, well, I have these uh, connections in, in China and with HSN and with this and that, and I want to know about your idea. And I said, well, here's the NDC, non-disclosure. Uh, and once that was signed, I shared it and um, kept not hearing from this individual. And I had, uh, he mysteriously disappeared. And later when I was search sourcing fabrics online, saw my idea right there, right there, very clearly uh, and photographed. And um, so uh, I, I, it was a bit hurtful and disappointing to say the least. Um, and, but finally I decided this, this feeling of being ticked that he stole it. And I'm not even sure if I can still sell my own idea is it's not a good feeling. Um, I can't, I've got to do something. I've got to feel something else and believe something else. So I just dove, dove back into art and creating and painting. And, but it didn't let the arm scarves idea go. And my husband was working on the patent. He's not a patent attorney, but he became one for about a week. And he thought it was imported enough that he couldn't stand to see someone else steal my idea and not allow me to develop it. Um, so we are still waiting. We're in the patent pending status. So I'm not sure what exactly your question was, but um, I share a little bit about that. And, and then you gave, a oh, about protecting. Yeah. Well, you gave a clue to, to really where I want to take our conversation as we you know, kind of wrap up here today. And that is you, you just said you noticed when this happened that you weren't feeling good and you didn't like the way, you know, it was making you feel so you decided to put your emotions aside and step back into creativity. Mm -hmm. and I had to. I'm just wondering, making that intentional choice and still you're pursuing whatever legal process may be there for you and you still want to go through those avenues, agreed 100%. When you shifted and intentionally chose to set aside the feelings of being hurt, betrayed, all that other crap that could come with it, I'm sure it did. Did you notice anything new in your creation? Like as you went back into it, was there something new that came out of it? And your well, I had a new confidence and um, a new what's it called when you are committed? A commitment <laughs> to not let that happen. Uh, not not to the commitment was to my emotional state um, to to create and have faith. Uh, when creating and to stay open to that. Um, so that that was the newness. Um, and it did feel good that my patent has been, you know, the application is a lengthy process. There's uh, a couple of different kinds. There's an easy patent you can apply for, but that only buys you about a year. And then there's a pretty lengthy process for the one that gets you, I don't know, maybe 10 years. I'm, I'm sure Zinga would know about that. And I'm going to have to talk to her. <laughs> yeah, <you're gonna> <laughs> but we did manage. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But we did successfully get the application submitted and in and, and the proper format. So that feels good too. Um, and it allowed me to put it out of my mind. I can't because, and, and this ha did happen a couple of other times on different levels. The, the, 
uh, other people taking the idea and producing it. Um, but the one, the one I mentioned was the most large scale. So we'll see. I really don't think about that. Um, I know that it's my idea and I love to nurture it in the way, uh, you know, a painting to me is like a child, an idea or a book. It's kind of like a child. You, you want to nurture and do what's right for it. it like we said, it, an idea has its own energy and you don't really own it, but you do have to take care of it. So I guess those are the things that came with it, with my commitment to know that we all have, I believe, the God-given right to original creative ideas. Maybe rights, not the uh, gifts. We have the, we're born with a, a birthright of original thought, original ideas, and we all have million dollar ideas coming through us. And so to keep that focus and keep that faith, um, with and surround your people, surround yourself with people like Nancy and the sisters and the WPN members, and that energy is part of uh, right, so part of get, what I brought back. Yes, yeah, so you don't get hooked into the energy of competition, fear, doubt, worry, feeling angry. Like that doesn't. That's not the creative energy. Or actually, and that energy will create things, but do we really want what that kind of energy is going to create? Where you stay in we the- We don't. <laughs> yeah. um, as we, thank you so much for sharing your story and of yourself today and a glimpse of your artwork we get to see. Uh, and again- Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and for all our, um, our audience, you can go to Honey Hilliard, which is H-I-L-L, I-A-R-D, Hilliard, honeyhilliardart.com and get some of the great, beautiful, amazing creations from Honey. Um, thank you. Yes, thank you. They can subscribe and my holiday uh, gift shop opens this Friday. So oh, perfect. We'll to... make sure that we check back there for sure and um, continue creating and serving. And I know that you have a, a big project you're coming up with uh, in the coming year to support creatives. Can you just drop a little hint about that before we wrap today? Sure, I've had a calling that little boys for many years to start a group, a collective to support other creative entrepreneurs and do fun things like have guest speakers and just have a place where you can go, a private group where you can go and get resources and energy and support and some live sessions with feedback on what your projects are, some masterminding, and it's going to officially start in January. We'll have some little get little sneak peeks before then. But the Honey Hive is what it will be called. And of it's course. going to start in January. <laughs> yes. A safe place for creative entrepreneurs to come and be together and support each other. Yay. All right. So, of course, it's called the Honey Hive. And I'm excited. Yes. That in the space you're creating. Um, thank you for being with us. Appreciate you so much. Thank you. It's my honor. Beautiful, beautiful. And thank you to all of our audience listening in today. And I trust that this episode of the Be Real, Get Real podcast brought you some value and brought you some inspiration. Tap into that creativity, that, that flood of ideas that's available to you when you stay open, loving, and filled with faith. Have an amazing day, everybody. Bye, honey. Thank Bye-bye. you for joining us on the Be Real, Get Real podcast from Women's Prosperity Network, the place where impact-driven women shine as they make a positive difference for their families, their communities, and the world at large. Be sure to visit 
womensprosperitynetwork.com to tap into the power, resources, and connections this extraordinary community provides. That's it for today. I'm your host, Nancy Matthews, and until next time, make it a magical day.